Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Wisdom's Echo. This is a daily podcast brought to you exclusively by Origin Gate. My name is Elijah Ward, and again, it's an honor and a privilege and a joy to have an opportunity uh, to share with you some of the exciting things that Yahweh has been teaching me as of lately. Um, you know, one of the things that have been meditating on um, recently, especially as we uh, draw near to the, um, you know, the apex of this Christmas season, um, is I've been meditating on the truth and what the truth really is and how the truth really showed up. And, you know, as humans, we tend to come to a decision about what the truth really looks like and we decide on an image of the truth and what happens is it becomes an idol to the truth that we end up living our lives from and so we will unintentionally at times especially in the systems and the programs of religion we'll find ourselves living with our allegiance fully given to an image and an idol of the truth that we actually created ourselves with our own hands and with our own thoughts and, um, you know, we are called to be people of truth and not even tradition. Um, we're called to be people of the real truth who embrace um, the real message, the real truth, the way that it was presented to us from God himself. And it's not something that we should be triggered by. Um, we should be learning and living the truth continually. And um, oftentimes we, we might find that it sometimes violates uh, the traditions that we've been clinging to. It might make us uncomfortable. It might make us rethink how we live, um, rethink how we approach and teach God entirely. And so I've been meditating on what it means um, to be triggered by the truth specifically, and I'll give you an example of that. But it comes from a podcast that I did recently, the most um, recent a podcast I did on Wisdom's Echo called Christ the Living Bread. There's a moment where there's um, there's some people who are offended by the truth, but I want to start by just kind of giving you a quick review. Um, you know, we mentioned in the last podcast, for anyone who didn't listen, I talked about John chapter 6 and how the narrative reveals um, kind of a, a path for, for how Yeshua um, operates in the earth. So how God reveals himself in the earth. And um, there's some really powerful stuff that happens in that chapter. There's a, a miracle of multiplication that takes place. Um, he sh teaches about how Yeshua then passes over the, the body of water and begins to teach about um, the living bread and how he came down from heaven. He gives, uh, uh, you know, a very specific instructions on um, partaking in um, who he is, literally eating the the bread of his flesh and drinking uh, his blood. Um, it's really such a beautiful passage. But I want to point out a couple things about this as I've been meditating around the truth. Now, we covered John 6 in the last one, but he teaches us several things in this um, in this. Uh, this chapter. The first one is about how to ascend, the, the posture from which we teach. And I love how in at the beginning it says that he went up the mountain. 
and he was seated. And then everyone else, the crowds that followed him, they had to, in order to receive from the miracle that day and the teaching that he had, they would have also had to ascend just like him. And then he commanded them when they were in the ascended position, be seated. So he taught us about the importance of ascending and being seated and how that's the posture from out of which we should live our lives, express our ministry, reveal the the miraculous. It's, it's really awesome. But the second thing he did was show us the realm of the supernatural. After we ascended and were seated, he revealed to us the realm of where the all miraculous things are sourced. And so he showed us that this is the way we're called to live our lives. It was an invitation into, for especially for his disciples, when he um, when he provoked Philip with a question, asking him almost, I could just see a smile on his face when he asked him, how are we going to feed all these people, Philip? <laughs> like, like he didn't know, but he wanted to, 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 to provoke him into thinking bigger about what we really have access to. Now, the third thing he did, which is where I want to hang out, which is really the purpose of this concept of, um, of what the real truth is, is Yeshua in Scripture taught us about the real truths of the real kingdom. And oftentimes it was pre- was presented as almost counterintuitive. He revealed an upside down kingdom where children are the mature ones and where mature people in the earth are actually um, have no access into the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. They're the least of all. Um, it's really amazing how he puts on display this image of the truth of the real kingdom. And in teaching these truths, he upset a lot of people. He, there are many times throughout Scripture where it says that the Jews were offended or the Jews were upset or even the teachers of the synagogue were angry and were grumbling. He upset a lot of religious people, leaders in the church, people who have been studying this stuff, um, who had been teaching generations about who God is and what it really looks like for Him to show up. These people who were studied, the scholars of the day, who had already decided what God would look like based on the Torah and all their study, they were the ones who were mad when God actually showed up because they were the last ones to identify that it really was the God of creation manifest within the construct of human flesh. It's really, really fascinating to me um, the narrative uh, that we see um, in the Gospels. And so... But why would my question, there's a kind of been a question sitting in my spirit. Why would the teaching, because Yeshua showed up as God in human form, why would the teachings of God about God offend people who claim to serve God? That's been something that was just, I've been asking myself and I've been meditating on this uh, for a couple weeks now. Why would the teachings of God about God offend people who claim to serve God. And it's because the image that they serve is an image that they created. It's not the real truth. They were worshiping at, at an idol of the truth. And one of the things I want to point out in, in the last uh, podcast, Christ the Living Bread, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because this might even better be um, identified as a um, as a follow-up to that podcast. That podcast was like a prologue to what I, the point that I want to get to in this one. And it's that his teachings, the re, when, when God reveals to us the real kingdom, 
it's going to come to us in a way that's going to challenge the religious framework that we've been clinging to. It's going to feel like it can't be real or that it, it's going to offend the thing in us that, um, that is still a little bit legalistic and it's going to offend the thing inside of us that still gets um, uncomfortable when, um, when people say things that don't sit the right way in our religious hearts that have been just hearing church talk for, some, in some cases, decades. Um, but in, in the last podcast, when I read about um, the living bread, now, in John chapter 6, he says some things like this. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives to gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. And he goes on a little bit further down. He says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. And he reiterates even again later in the passage, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And even further down, I'm just reading this and it's blown my mind again. This is the part that really rubbed people the wrong way. I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Wow. So in this passage, he is saying some things that are making all these religious people incredibly uncomfortable. And I've learned that's one of my favorite positions to be in these days is if something's making me a little bit uncomfortable, I trust that it's the living bread for that day that's been called and sent by Yahweh to provoke me into a new place and into a new path or to reinforce a current path. Now, some of the statements you'll find throughout this passage are things like, then the Jews disputed among themselves, saying, how could he say this? The Jews grumbled about him. Um, and it, was, it talks about how they began complaining, and even the disciples who heard it, it was, it was, it was hard for them to listen to. And, and it doesn't say that they did this out loud, but in verse 61, it says, Yeshua, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling, he said to them, do you take offense at this? So he comes at his disciples, the people who are closest to him, he knew in their mind, in the mind of, uh, in the spirit of their minds, that they were taking offense at what he was teaching. I am the living bread, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, and you will never die. Now I want to get to uh, this one word right here when, it, when he asks, do you take offense at this? That word is um, in Greek when he says, does this offend you? That word is in the Strong's reference. You can look it up. It's G4624, and the word is skandalizo. And skandalizo means to put a stumbling block or an impediment in the way. Now, the root word of that is a Greek word, skandalon. It's the noun, um, and it's G4625. And skandalon literally means this, the trigger of a trap. So when he asks them if they're taking offense, he's asking them, is there something that's triggering something inside of you that will trap you into continued perpetual religious belief? 
And as a follow-up question, he probably could have asked, or do you want to be set free from that trap that you're living in, that religious trap that's keeping you locked up in a single-dimensional world where you never see beyond the horizon of what you've been taught in synagogue your entire life? Do you want to see the true perspective of who God really is, or do you want to cling to an idol that you've formed with your own hands and with your own mind? Now, one, I think the coolest part about this is, is in verse 59, when it talks about all the things he said, I'm the, I'm the bread, um, I'm, uh, uh, drink, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, and all these people are getting offended. In verse 59, it makes a pretty, it feels like a random statement, but it's not random at all. It says, Yeshua said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Now, it kind of feels like that interrupts the flow of the narrative, and so I felt like there's got to be something significant there. When he's speaking such an offensive message, I felt like there's got to be a reason why that detail right there was in the story, and I think it's two reasons. One being it says that he taught these things in the synagogue. He was teaching this offensive message in the very location of the religious idol. He showed up ready to tear some things down. And I love that about him. But it also says this, that he was teaching at the synagogue in specifically Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is a city. Um, and when I look it up in the, the Strong's Concordance, the word Capernaum is G2584. And what it literally means when you look it up, is this is going to be hilarious, so get ready. Capernaum means the village of comfort. He showed up to a synagogue, to the church, to the location of this religious idol that they'd been worshiping for so long. He showed up at the church in the village of comfort, ready to rip some tradition apart, ready to bring a message that was the furthest thing from comfortable. But guess what? It came from the heart of the one who was the closest thing to the truth. He is the very truth, the very God, as it says in the Nicene Creed, the very God, very God of very God, consubstantial with the Father. He shows up as one, the same substance as the Father, the very God of very God, the light of light, and he reveals this message, but he wanted to deliver the most offensive part in a place called the Village of Comfort. He was there to do some business. Now, it says that when you read, especially in verse 66, it's, it's really such a strange turn of events. It says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Why? Because they were offended. They had fallen subject to the trigger of the trap. And so I've been meditating on this, and the prayer of my heart lately has been, Father, give me the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, regardless of how it might trigger things inside of me, how it might trigger religious responses, how it might make me feel like I'm not ready to hear this, or, or you know, there are so many different reasons why we might reject the truth upon first hearing it, but we're called to mature in Him, to fall deeper in love with Him, to go deeper in intimacy with Him, and that requires us to completely... Um, receive with all of our hearts the full message of the truth, to completely receive with all of our hearts the full measure of who he is. And he is the living bread. He is 
the wine of heaven, and we are called to partake of him, to eat his flesh, to drink his blood, and as a result, to live forever. So I just pray that this message today blesses you tremendously. I declare grace immeasurable and transcendent peace on your life and your family, on your marriages and your children. And I will look forward to sharing with you again in a future podcast. God bless.